Welcome to The Floor. I'm your host, Rob Lowe. Boy, have we been making our way around the country. We were just on SNL last weekend, and now we're helping the less fortunate, Hoagies and Pierogies. He is in massive debt to us for this. All right, contestants. The first category is word puzzles. Ready? And go. All right. Uh, uh, jump over a uh, year. Uh, uh, jump year. Uh, dog jumping over year. Uh, 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 dog years? Uh, nope. Uh, uh, well, a year is an increment of time. Uh, uh, jump over time. Uh, 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 jumping time. Oh, uh, uh, time traveling. Uh, what? Um, uh, year hop. Yearly hop. Uh, oh, Easter Bunny. Uh, damn it. Uh, well, uh, a dog playing with ball over the years and he gets sad when his owners have to throw it away because he won't stop eating the bits that fall off the deteriorating ball and they'll be stuck in his stomach forever like chewing gum. Ah, uh, damn it. Live from Delaware, it's Hoagies and Pierogies with your hosts, Ian DiCarlo. We're getting a little double down. Chocolate rain. And RJ Hammond. I just want some more hot D in my life. Let's just say he was a good lover. Alrighty, everybody. Happy Leap Day. Uh, let's see if we can make it to another one in 2028. <laughs> that would be quite the achievement. Uh, today we'll go over spring training uh, with some overreactions from the Pirates this past week. Uh, some very good College Football 25 news uh, in which I give my kudos to EA. We can all thank Taylor Swift for increasing the salary cap in the NFL. And then, of course, Patriots draft rumors with the uh, scouting combines getting started today. Let's get it on. Get it on. All right, first uh, thing we'll go into, like always, let's get into some baseball, baby. Let's go. Spring training has finally started. So happy about this. I really wish that I could be in uh, Bradenton, Bradenton, Florida right now. That would be much nicer than being here in Pennsylvania, although it has not been too bad. It's been 60 degrees the past three days. So regarding the uniforms... Manfred is the reason why the logo is no longer inside the collar. Of course, I should have known. There should have been no question about this. It was obviously Manfred that did this. Uh, He said he wanted to move it down for more brand exposure. Like I'm going to forget what I'm watching Like when I'm at the baseball game. (laughs) Like, Could you imagine getting to the game and then after an hour saying, man, these two have been going back and forth for a while. (laughs) It's the first quarter over. (laughs) That will never happen. Uh, The Royals actually got a waiver to keep the names on the back. As big as they used to be, and only for the fact that they lobbied so hard for it. So you're telling me the rest of the MLB could have done the same thing and lobbied for bigger names? Come on, we need to be doing as much as the owners and the commissioner sucks. The MLP and the MLBPA is not that great at getting what they want in negotiations. Uh, the reason for these smaller names is so 
fucking stupid. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't mention this before. But the names are smaller because they want the jerseys to be lighter. Do you really think that will matter? Are you kidding me? Uh, in this article on UniWatch.com, this quote said, I felt like an idiot asking Mellinger this question, but it seemed necessary. Nike and MLB are saying that the smaller lettering makes the jersey lighter. So are, so are the Royals concerned about being at a competitive disadvantage because of the larger, heavier lettering? I'm sure you will be stunned to learn that Mellinger said, no. <laughs> obviously obviously no why would that matter at all it's a piece of i mean like i said last week i have plenty of jerseys i cannot tell the difference between weight between the ones that have the smaller well this one actually doesn't even have smaller names but it's not stitched on i can't tell the difference between the heat stamped ones and the stitched ones in terms of weight what <laughs> It doesn't make any sense at all. Are you kidding me? It's like point, point oh two pounds. It can't be more than that. It would not even register on a scale. Maybe not even on a kitchen scale. That's crazy. That's, that's an absurd reason. Of course. <laughs> as soon as I praised man for it last week, uh, just a little bit, just a tiny little bit. He is the reason why these uniforms are shitty. Ugh, this that's just bad. That's really bad. Okay, all pirates uh, news moving forward. Pirates extend Mitch Keller. Let's go. Five years, seventy-seven million dollars. I'm a huge fan. Fifteen point four million dollar average. Uh, a huge box checked for them on the list of ever growing things to get done. Uh, the deal got done right before the first game of spring training started last week. But, you know, even though they haven't been making a splash in free agency, this is the third extension of a core player in the past three years. Uh, eight years for Hayes in 22, eight years for Reynolds last year in 23, and now five years for Keller in 24. So that's over $200 million spent in the past three seasons on just extending homegrown players. I do like it. Um Next up is O'Neill Cruz, though. Hopefully he can stay healthy and have a 30-plus home run season. I can see a 30-30 season. MLB posted it on their Twitter uh, earlier today. Can O'Neill Cruz get there? And I do think that he can. He might be a little bit conservative on the base paths. But uh, he's more than capable of doing so. If he does that, he'll be looking at a massive extension. How If Bob Nutting... If I were Bob Nutting, I would get this done before he plays this year to get him on the cheap. If he does have a breakout year and does hit that 30 home runs. Um, I think we're looking at like a Bobby Witt Jr. kind of contract extension. He signed an 11-year, $288.8 million deal with the Royals last year, or this offseason, with four years of team control left uh, coming into his third year in the league. Cruz is now in the same position entering his third year and will likely garner an amount near that. I'd say probably like 10 years, $250 million, depending on his performance this year. Uh, Witt's contract, though, is kind of crazy, and it's honestly like different, and I like it a lot. Uh, it has a very big escalator to tack on that I don't think Nutting would ever do. It's a three-year, $89 million club option that would raise the total 
of the contract to 14 years, $377 million. Uh, with player options for Witt after the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th years, this is an absolute no-brainer for him. Uh, in a surprising move in the right direction for the Royals. They are notoriously cheap, just like the Pirates were. But they got new ownership, and guess what? They're starting to spend on the players that they've invested in. They've invested a lot of money into scouting him, invest the money into keeping him happy and keeping him excelling in Kansas City. I think with Patrick Mahomes there kind of helps, oddly enough. I think they'd like to build a better winning culture in Kansas City as a whole. That would definitely help the the city, I think. Uh, but yeah, I really hope that maybe in the future this gets done. But like I said, it will cost an exorbitant amount to keep Cruz. And we're going to have to pay up. We're going to have to do it. Performance, you know, withstanding this year, I think we'll get there. Uh, some of the over-under reactions that I have, we'll see if these hold up. Jared Jones is the Pirates' best pitcher, and he should break camp with the uh, Major League team. He looked great. He was sitting 98 with his fastball, hit 99, almost 100, had a oh, – it was a disgusting low-velocity high-spin cutter that can just knock lefties out of the game. And he's showed some promise. Actually, today he just had his second start. He was flashing the curveball a little bit more, which was nice. You love to see it. Love to see the hammer. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think that he should at least start the year in AAA, make his way up to the uh, big league club when they need him. He should be the first one called up. He should start in the bullpen, though. Try to work him as a starter eventually, but I would love – to see him either way. Henry Davis is a failed catching prospect. This is not good for the Pirates. Um, if Bailey's, if Bailey Falter's stuff was getting away from him, I don't even want to see him behind the dish when Skeens is pitching. That would not be good. It would, it, I, it would just fly into the uh, outfield if Davis was behind the plate for some reason. I don't know what he would do, but it would. I would hate to see it. I need him to well, I need the Pirates to either develop their players better or for him to get his shit together and come in here and do what he was drafted to do. Dermar Johnson is the next Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, that swing is butter. It looks so good. Two home runs in his spring debut against the uh, Blue Jays. That was great. Oh, oh, it looked so incredible. Um he should start the year in double A. He ended the year in high A last year, so starting in double A makes sense for him. But he should be called up when Skeens is called up after they both rip it up in double A. would love to see it, and I hope they're both there for a game that's in Harrisburg. 100% going to the first Altoona game. No doubt about it. And now Hayes, Cabrian Hayes, why do you think I wore the jersey today? He is unlocking his full potential and he is starting to get it together and he looks great so far in the spring just like tomorrow's swing uh hayes glove in the uh, out in the infield is also butter it looks so it looks so easy watching him defend at third base and i love to see it love to see it all the time um but yeah i think that's it for baseball so far uh the spring is going well 
Nothing really outside of the jersey complaints. Uh, pitching looks fine. You know, obviously it's spring training, so there's nothing nothing to freak out about. Those are just straight up overreactions. Um, we'll see if things go well for the Pirates. I'm not too worried about the hitting. I'm not too worried about the bullpen. I'm worried about the starting lineup, starting rotation holding up throughout the season. And last year. They obviously didn't. We used the bullpen a lot last year. Okay, the only thing uh, that happened in college basketball that I wanted to say, things are starting to get a little bit chippy. Uh, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> but the best part about this clip where he gets hip checked, to like that hip check looked like it hurt. But the best part about this clip is his face at the end. <laughs> he looks like the old conspiracy Keanu Reeves meme. But man, three more weeks until March Madness starts. I cannot wait. Going out to Pittsburgh, going to have fun with the boys. Let's go. All right. All right. Sticking on college sports. EA, I got to hand it to you. They confirmed that all 134 FBS schools will be in the game, uh, including playbooks and play styles that match every team. So they say it's going to be a lot of it, a lot different than Madden. Uh, I kind of take back what I said about it being only five. I obviously take back what I said about it only being P5 schools. Uh, this is a great first step in ensuring that they give the fans what they want. They were saying a whole bunch of other stuff. Like uh, they also sent out all of the NIL deals to all of the players. Uh, $600 in a copy of the game. Not too bad. I'd take it. 100%. I mean, to sell your soul for eternity to EA? Eh, that's cheap. I love to see it. But on the uh, front of players getting paid, this is kind of not good. I thought this was interesting and also terrifying as a former swimmer, collegiate swimmer, for about three weeks. (laughs) The head of the NCAA warned that 95% of student-athletes face extinction uh, if colleges actually have to pay them as employees. This has to do with Congress rulings declaring athletes as uh, employees of the school, which has not been passed yet. But with cuts to programs existing sports already being an issue, like swimming being the first one, I would hope that they can find a way around this. Uh, for swimming, the upkeep of a pool is extremely expensive. And, well, there's no way that universities would be able to justify keeping that as an expense when it barely generates any money in the first place. And we have to do college. Uh, I shouldn't say we. Colleges have to do so many fundraisers, college swim teams. And and you, they charge you to get into the pool. I mean, it's like, what, 3 $5.00. And then you have to pay for heat sheets. And there's just not a lot of money to be made there. They're not filling an arena <laughs> to watch a swim meet. And the upkeep of a pool is just about as expensive as the upkeep of a field, of a football field, I would say. So which one, you know, what are they going to cut first? This is kind of bad news for swimming. <sighs> um. Yeah, that sucks. Tuition would be astronomical at that point, and every university that still has students is going to be 
full of people that drive around Lambos on campus, if you know what I mean. And who's behind this? The fucking nerds up at Dartmouth, the uh, Ivy League school that sounds like a fucking fish. The NCAA is facing several lawsuits and a unionization effort at Dartmouth that could result in athletes getting classified as employees. Uh, that's what it says in the Fortune.com article. <laughs> I actually just found out that the Dartmouth uh, mascot used to be the Indians. But obviously, you know, that's been done away with actually back in 2003. That's how woke they are. Oh, God. Now their unofficial mascot is Keggy the Keg. I am not lying about this. I thought that was very funny. Um, in my opinion, the students should absolutely not be considered employees of the school that was not the point of them getting paid it was them getting paid because they had their likeness in in the public and it was being used to promote the product and make money for these schools they're not technically employees of the school have all the sponsors you want you know but the school has nothing to do with that outside of giving them you know their scholarship money the kids these days they're entitled to hell i mean they can even think they can take down cam newton Why they thought this was a good idea, I have no idea. Uh, if NFL players couldn't bring him down, what the hell makes these five foot eight punks think they can jump him and that anything good would happen? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Apparently, it was at some youth football camp that he put on in Atlanta. And of course, he's wearing the scarecrow hat. They, I mean, hell, if they were roasting him, he shouldn't even be mad because Matthew Judon had the roast of the week. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe he did this. He put a picture of Brittany Griner on his Insta story, Insta story and said, I know Jackson Mahomes played at Baylor. <laughs> Chocolate rain. <laughs> that was hilarious. If Judon would be the GM, I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> That was so funny. I really, I don't know if he deleted it or not. I didn't check, but it was real. It, it happened. Sticking on the Patriots for a second here. I swear that Patriots fans act like Brady won six Super Bowls and was with the Buccaneers for 10 years. He played two with, two years with them and he sucked in the second one. I don't want to hear it anymore. Stop blaming Kraft and Belichick for uh, moving on from him. It doesn't make any sense in my head. It was obviously time. You had to move on from him at some point. Uh, he would not have won one more Super Bowl with the Patriots. I would have much rather seen him succeed elsewhere other than waste away with, with us. But apparently, okay, I really have to get an Apple TV trial now. Because people on the subreddit where I'm, you know, seeing all of this bullshit are saying that the dynasty is just a hit piece on Belichick and that it paints Robert Kraft in this like godlike light that he was like, oh, I made the Patriots what they were. So, you know, as a uh, as a person who could usually see through the biases on his own team, I'm intrigued now. You kind of got me. <laughs> okay, big news. Big, 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 big news hit before the... Uh, 
scouting combine, the NFL announced that there is a $30 million increase in the salary cap. Uh, this was huge. And guess what? Even with $87 million in cap space now, over $100 million after they cut J.C. Jackson, this hurt the Patriots a little bit more than it helped them. So this means that Geno isn't going anywhere. The Seahawks converted his $9.6 million roster bonus into a signing bonus, creating $4.8 million in cap room. Uh, and I was kind of hoping to watch a season of Geno wing it to whoever, you know, be it MHJ and Pop or Pop and Juju, whoever it may be at wide receiver. I was kind of looking forward to it. I would have liked to see that a lot. That $30 million bonus was huge. $30 million bump at cap, I should say, was huge. And this means that the Bengals have franchise tagged T. Higgins. Would have been our number one uh, target in free agency, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Mike Evans was probably out of the question, but even now, uh, Pittman is likely to stay with the Colts. So that leaves us with Calvin Ridley, Gabe Davis, Hollywood Brown, and Daryl Mooney to pick from as the top receivers in the free agency class. The order that I have them in there is the order that I'd like the Patriots to go down the list in. Uh, Ridley is a great, great route runner, and Patriots receivers have had problems with that. So I feel like he could come in and learn the system pretty well. Be a huge boon for us. Get at least, you know, I would like to see him hit a thousand yards, but at least 800 would probably be his goal. Uh, and Davis, Gabe Davis, is a legitimate deep threat, something that the Patriots don't have. Devontae Parker can't hold on to the ball when it's thrown deep. So that would be nice. Uh, Brown is kind of like the discount Calvin Ridley, and Mooney is kind of like the discount Gabe Davis. Spend the money, please. About to have over $100 million in cap space. You need to do it. Absolutely have to do it. So uh, going into the draft a little bit before the scouted combine, the Vikings actually started a conversation with the Patriots at the Senior Bowl about trading their number three pick for the Vikings' number 11 pick. It would cost minimum three first-round picks for Minnesota. That, as reported, I'm not just saying that. That was what was reported. And that's fair considering they pick at 11. That's a that eight uh eight pick drop is kind of steep. You would miss out on a lot of players there. I would hate to miss out on, you know, Alt, Fashanu, Odunze neighbors or hell, even Bowers there. And at 11 there's the a high possibility that happens. I'm not about that at all. Uh but here Odunze said that he would love to pay, play for the Patriots. So I'm a sold. Trade uh, back if May isn't at number three and grab Odunze and another first and second rounder next year from whoever you trade from and another high second rounder this year. That would go a long way. That would go a very long way. The more reports that are coming out of Washington, uh, it seems likely that they'll go with May over Daniels. So I'm starting to come around to the fact that it won't be the end of the world if the Patriots don't get a quarterback at number three. Um, if they do move back, to get Odunze, I'm willing to take a shot on Penix in the second round. No doubt about that. But here uh, in the kind of like the media process leading up to the scouting combine, Mayo said that he would like to be the opposite of Belichick in that he wants to be more open to the media and, and open as possible. 
while I do like this approach, his inexperience with the media is kind of concerning to me. I mean, he, he dealt with it as a player, but I think it can backfire on him if he's not careful. <laughs> I mean, hell, they've already been down his throat for some innocuous comments he made about, you know, race and everything. So, oh, shit. In that vein, I really like our, what's been said already publicly by Elliot Wolf. Uh, he's been sending mixed messages, but he's been sending mixed messages a little bit. He says he wants, th- he says they want to have less of a hard ass vibe, but then he says the Patriots need to weaponize the offense. I, that seems pretty hard ass and violent to me. <laughs> no, but I, I do love what he's saying in terms of scouting being geared more towards grading players, more on talent than role, which is. Basically, all that Belichick was known for was drafting for role and what will fit in his scheme over pure talent, which I I think we all already knew that, but this is confirmation that they weren't doing it. And that makes me retroactively mad, but I'm happy that they're going down that route now. That's what they're lacking. Uh, Strictly drafting for uh, scheme is a thing of the past. Playmakers will make plays regardless of the scheme. Good coaches make players fit into the scheme or incorporate their skill set appropriately. All right, so since this is going out on Thursday and they're starting drills for the combine on Thursday, we'll go over all of that next week. But we already have some top players sitting out of the draft or sitting out of the combine. Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels won't throw until their pro days. Caleb Williams, I was totally expecting that. That's totally a Caleb Williams move. Drake Mayo is not expecting that. Jaden Daniels, I was not expecting that. They should throw. But they're all going to wait until their pro days. Uh, neighbors won't run until his. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. is skipping out on the combine and his pro day entirely. But this makes total sense for him. He is the number one wide receiver in the draft. He absolutely does not have to show anything else to prove that. I would really like to see his 40 time, though. <laughs> that would be awesome. So that that does make sense. But for all of these other top prospects sitting out, it's it's kind of, it, it bugs me. Back in my day, we treated the combine with respect and it was highly regarded. <laughs> but seriously, it was huge when I was growing up. I used to, uh, I remember sneaking up to my grandma's house. And watching the NFL Network just to watch the combine. And I would sit back, drink Kool-Aid, and eat my little Debbies. (laughs) Oh, man. What a time. What a time. But, yeah, we didn't have the NFL Network at my house. So, it was just like, fuck it. Let's run up Grandma's TV bill. (laughs) She had the Dish Plus Pro package or whatever the hell that was. (laughs) Oh, I loved just sitting there for hours listening to Rich Eisen talk about the all these prospects. That's what got me into this side of the uh, what side of the uh, sport to begin with. Was going up there and <laughs> just kicking back, having strawberries or grapefruit every once in a while. Oh my god. <laughs> the good old days. But yeah, I think that's all for sports basically. Uh something that most of us stayed up for was the uh Shane Gillis episode of SNL. This is the first time that I stayed up to watch an episode of SNL in like 10 to 15 years. And everyone is reading off cue cards. I know I'm doing it now, but I'm not a pro. And it kind of took me out of it. You know, I'm 
may be misremembering, but the regulars never really looked at cue cards unless they started to laugh. But overall, it was pretty funny. I, I did I did really like it. Uh, I liked the betting commercial, the floor parody like I did up top, and White Man Can't Trump. And then I think my favorite one was Banking Yeses for coworkers. That one was very funny. And that was my favorite one on the episode itself. I think the funniest one was the Limu Wimu sketch that they kept out of the uh, regular broadcast for time, I think. But it, it was only online on their YouTube channel, but it was really funny. I recommend you go look that up if you, have, if you haven't seen it. The Limu Emu one. Uh, but yeah, already. I think that's it. I'm excited for the combine. I'm excited for free agency. Let's see if people get traded before they get, have to get franchise tagged. I am ready for it. Let's go. All right, everyone. Make sure that you uh, like and comment. Every video helps immensely in the algorithm. I don't know how. That's beyond my pay grade. But yes, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok for clips every week. Usually I put out two clips. Lately it's been one clip because I've been lazy. But yeah, I think that's it, everybody. All right, we'll leave you with this. Oh, much, 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 much.